0: Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham! Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Ms. Purrington. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at Comedy Wham! or on our Comedy Wham! Facebook page. Please rate and review us on iTunes if you're listening to this podcast. Speaking of podcast, uh, you might hear a little different audio quality because with the shelter in place orders, uh, we are recording this by Zoom. We're not paid for this, but uh, this is how we're doing interviews for the time being. And that's enough about that. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, live shows, uh, live comedy events page featuring the best in Austin comedy in all its shapes and formats, And for the time being, we're also producing a show called Isolation Comedy, aimed at bringing live Austin comedy to audiences with a goal of raising money for comics in light of the closure of all of the paid stage work. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comics background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. And today, from a social distance that is uh, appropriate, uh, we're going to get to talk to somebody who, I'm not going to lie, we're we're probably going to geek out about math at some point because he's an accountant by day. His album, Bad Boy, was released January of this year. That's 2020. And it's titled after one of his signature jokes. He's an incredibly gifted writer. And I make that claim because I saw his 2016 uh, Funniest Person in Austin uh, set compared to the 2019 Funniest Person in Austin set. And the writing in both was pretty darn solid. So, you know things have changed, but the writing has always been quite good. Uh, He is a host of the Comedians Interviewing Musicians podcast, host of Lawn Stars Comedy, which uh, if we want to start a little dirt here, uh, if you go to his YouTube channel, you can find some pretty funny little guest... appearances by one of my favorites Derek Copswell and also Jake Rowe who apparently gets shit on by everybody Uh, so go find that video and then last year he made his premiere on the 2019 Moon Tower Comedy Festival and it was quite quite the big news among the Austin comics and now Comedy Wham presents our guest Luis Flandes.
1: Hey how's it going?
0: It's going
1: uh, thank you for all the credits. I, I was not expecting all that. Um <laughs> The album is called Baby Boy. It's not bad boy, but Oh no. Oh that's
0: well, okay. Well, you know. I'm That's okay.
1: Right. <laughs> I don't I yeah, I was like, am I
0: a bad boy? <laughs> and you're do not that? yeah, do I have that uh <laughs>
1: persona as being a bad boy no i think i'm just a baby boy
0: i apparently can't even read my own typing because it's like this is my sheet you can't read it obviously but it clearly says baby boy Mm -hmm. So i don't know that's okay yeah
1: (laughs) uh yeah and we did like a real quick promo for like um star comedy and Derek cops harvard was in there Mm -hmm. and jake rowe and it was uh, that was a fun little quick little afternoon because we were like, what do we want to do for like a little promo? And I was like, Well, anything we do, I can't edit it because I don't know how to. <laughs> uh-huh. So we're doing it all in on one take, one shot.
0: And that's impressive.
1: Yeah, it was it was cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that that was a good little and it's mm-hmm. short, so yeah, go find it. If you're listening to this, Um, I usually do an official icebreaker, Lewis, and that is one word to describe your past.
1: Mm, One word. Uh, Forgetful. Oh, no. I'm just saying because I like drink a lot because. okay, (laughs) And I I was like, oh, what happened last night? Who knows? (laughs) And then my friends tell me all the dumb stuff that I did the night before. And I'm like, oh, I didn't need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, not, not so much anymore, but some of
0: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the you know, I, I am adapting to this format. It's really weird, not, you know, face to face. We are face to face because we're doing <laughs> the Zoom. And uh, we're just going to talk about your history and and what, uh, got you into comedy. We'll start off there. Did you? Where did you grow up?
1: Uh, here in Austin. Oh, born and raised. Um, went to school here. I even went to college here at Saint Edwards. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And got a job right out of college, and and just started like working. Like I was. I started. I studied accounting, and I got a job as a financial analyst, and really kind of didn't like where my life was going and it kind of felt like something was missing. Uh-huh. And uh, then I got arrested for a DUI. And that was kind of like a, uh, I would say that was like the catalyst uh, for me starting comedy. Cause I was like, if, if I don't start now, I never will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so.
0: And what was it about, starting comedy that had been kind of a little seed in your brain?
1: Uh I've always loved comedy and I grew up watching like uh Carlin, Pryor, Chappelle, Eddie Murphy and all that. And I've always been like an, an entertainer. Like I would I would make my friends laugh and I would make my parents laugh, my family. And it's always something that I've wanted to do. Either that or become an actor or like a comedic actor. So uh, after that happened, I went to an open mic. I went to Cold Town on Monday okay. Uh, when Maggie Mae was still hosting. Shout and, out to Maggie. Shout out, Maggie. And I just watched. I watched for the whole open mic. And then I was like, yeah, I could do this. Let's do it. And the next week I went again and I signed up for it. And that's just what I did. Like I. I was like, "This is what I want to do. I want to be a comic now."
0: Uh huh. And so, I go okay.
1: ahead.
0: Go so, ahead. so one of the things that uh, I, I'm I'm going to make a generalization about you because of of the work that you do, the paid work that you do, is you're very organized and you you're uh, analytical about things. Mm-hmm. how How did that influence how you did that open mic? Did you prepare a lot? Did you write everything down to precision? Like I would imagine a accountant would would do things to precision?
1: Yeah, uh, I did write some jokes and um, I write it in long form, how I'm gonna say it on stage. And I kind of did that for a while. Like that's how I wrote jokes pretty like primarily.
0: Mm-hmm. And when was that, by the way, for a time stamp?
1: Uh, my first open mic was July 9th, 2012. 2012. The so, day
0: etched in your memory.
1: I do. I have it. I have it etched in. I, I only invited one person. I invited my brother.
0: Mm.
1: And then like the next week I signed up again and I invited a bunch of my family. So they, they like, <laughs> half of Cold Town was just my friends and family. <laughs> watching me and I wasn't good I was you're not good that early yeah maybe you get laughs but you still like look back at your jokes back then and you're like oh these were garbage why did I tell things I'm such a better comic now that was trash
0: (laughs) well it's much easier for you to invite family now I'm sure um
1: no I think no. when you start out yeah oh, no. when you start out like everyone's like oh you're doing comedy now cool I'll go see you uh-huh. and now you're like they're they ask you uh hey are you still doing comedy I'm like yeah I've never <laughs> stopped I uh I've been doing it non-stop and they're like when is your next show and you tell them and they're like cool and they don't come to your show uh uh-huh. <laughs> like, why did I waste breath telling you about this show? Why did you ask me if you're not going to come?
0: <laughs> uh, fickle family, fickle family. Um. All right. i, uh, I I'm not sure if I want to go all the way back to Lewis growing up or mm-hmm. s- delve into some of the, those early days. So let's, let's talk about growing up because uh, I always find there's some interesting nuggets of, 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 information from there. So you talked about some of your influences, Carlin, Pryor, yeah. and so on. Uh do you have an early comedic memory that just like is a vivid um recollection that you have of of something comedic when you were growing up?
1: Um not really. I was just I was just I guess I kind of like the attention that I would get when, mm. when I would act silly or, like, you know, that sort of uh, stuff. Like, I would, uh, what would I do? Um, there was, like, a South Park episode where Cartman sings uh, Come Sail Away from Sticks, And <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, so I learned the words to Come Sail Away. And my parents would just tell me, like, on command, like, hey, sing the song, sing Come Sail Away. And I would just start singing it. And... They thought it was hilarious. It was like a little throwback or something like that. Uh Like, oh, my kid singing, come sail away from six. (laughs) Um, So like, that was just, you know, I I would perform for my family and people that I know and like trusted. Yeah. I was just shy otherwise. Like if I met you, I was just like, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to warm up. It takes a while to warm up to you and everything. Um, And then I did theater in high school. Okay. I went to McCallum High School, the fine arts program, and you have to audition to uh, to do the, the theater thing. So my dad didn't tell me that I had to audition or like I had to prepare something. And then I got there and he's like, oh yeah, you have to do something. And I was like, what do I do? And he was like, you should just sing Come Sail Away from Sticks. Oh my gosh. And I was like, all right, I don't have anything else. So that's what I'll do. And I started singing it and I forgot the words halfway through. And I was like, uh, "Sorry, thanks." And <laughs> that I still got into the fine arts program. Wow! But that was just something I remember being like, "Oh, that was messed up. You should have told me." <laughs> like I would have, I would have memorized a monologue or something.
0: Yeah. What if, if you were a shy kid and you were just used to the the performance in front of family and people that you mm-hmm. trusted? What was it that? Pushed you in the direction of sure I'll I'll go for for theater.
1: Uh, well, had I'd, I'd done some like after school stuff in like uh, middle school, like Shakespeare classes, and uh, I liked it. I I like the idea of being someone else for a little while because that makes it mm. a little bit less scary because you're not you're not being you. Yeah, you're someone else and you're saying their words, not your own, and. um I just liked it. I liked Shakespeare a lot and decided to to keep on doing that in high school. And it was fun. Like, I I wouldn't say that I loved theater. It was, it kind of got me, I guess, used to, like, being in front of people. So I don't have that much stage fright. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little bit of that instant gratification that you get from comedy, from stand-up where like if the line hits you hear it like come back to you like the laughter and everything like right then and there and that's that's why a lot of people love comedy like it's doing stand-up because it's it's (laughs) you don't have to wait you don't have to download anything you don't have to ask people to hit subscribe or anything but you just you get the laughs
0: yeah yeah and the rehearsal is perhaps less tedious i mean yes you're going to a million open mics but you're also not Well, I don't know. The the rehearsal process for a theater production is very different from a comedy, you know, rehearsal.
1: Yeah. And there's like a deadline where you have to know your lines by and you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, So something that just popped in my mind is as you are performing other people's work and as you are gaining an appreciation for um, I'm not sure that we've I've ever gone so in depth on into Shakespeare in particular. Yeah. Who you know, I don't think anybody would argue with us that Shakespeare is one of the best writers in in you know world history. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you okay? And then if I make a comparison to your writing the your I could tell you put effort into the writing of mm-hmm. of your 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 jokes and your setups so is it that you've always been a strong writer and or did performing other people's written words performing shakespeare did you study those works in and use that to help you write
1: um i think uh that's that's kind of difficult to say, because like uh, another comic asked me one time, like this was like maybe uh, close to a year ago, he was like, do you consider yourself uh, a performer who writes or a writer who performs? Huh. And I was like, dang, I have to think about that for a little bit, too. Like, I would say that I'm more of a writer that performs. Um, But sometimes it it feels like the opposite. Sometimes when you're up there and you're just like going off script and like doing doing your own thing and just like having fun with the audience, that also feels pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, to your question, uh, I think that I've mostly just been like a decent writer for for most part, uh, you know, for the most part of my life. And it kind of just took a little bit more practice of like structuring it through comedy. And then it, it, it started to shine through that uh, that I'm not, uh, that I have pretty decent grammar sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I can put, uh, I can structure something well. It's almost like formulaic for me sometimes, mm-hmm. like a joke where you have like a punt, like a, a setup and then a punch and then like that's also like a setup it like it's it's like, almost like an equation to me sometimes when I'm doing it I'm like I know where I need to get I know where I want to get and I know how I think I want to start it out and let's just fill in the rest and make it make it balance
0: yeah yeah and that analytical we did, so point. we did
1: start yeah we did start talking <laughs> about math
0: yeah there we go formulas we called it. <laughs> Now, what's your favorite formula?
1: No, mm, quadratic.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the uh, I started since you know right now I can't ask you what what shows have you had recently so that I can make sure that I'm there in the audience to watch you to be able to make a commentary. So I mm-hmm. had to resort to uh, good old YouTube. And I I started by looking at your 2019 FPIA, which was, was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, I don't know the timing because the contest spans such a long period of time. I don't know if that happened before or after your moon tower performance.
1: It was
0: after, after. Okay. Um, right off the gate. And I, I love wordplay. That's one of my very favorite things and little turns. And the, I just wrote down, I condensed it down to sexy elbows at the barbershop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, from that to the end was a lot of. Uh, toying with the audience. Yeah. And then when I go back to. The 2017, or no, I'm pretty sure I looked at the 2016 FPIA, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I my son was watching with me, and I said, you know, let's look at the the latest one and let's look at the oldest one that's available. And yeah, you know,
1: I, my, I put the other ones to private because it's that oh. thing where like, ooh, I don't want everyone to see these. <laughs> sure, but I'm not going to delete them, so they're just private now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. So my, my limited sample size of the 2016 to 2019, I looked at them and I said, you know, the writing is so solid and even the performance is very solid, which Mm -hmm. now understanding your background in, in theater and performance, there's just, how do I say, maybe, maybe it is that, that shy kid finally uh, feels comfortable with himself, that the confidence is, is what changed over that period of time.
1: Yeah, it did. And if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm confident because I'm, I'm in charge of what I'm showing them about me Uh and what I'm telling them about me. So I'm framing it that way. I get to frame it myself. Yeah. And they don't get, they don't get to peek behind anything else. Like they don't get to see how that came to them. Just, they just get that. Yeah. Just get six minutes of of my, my best
0: stuff. Yeah. So let let's peek behind the curtains and say, all right, Louis. So what would I have seen if those videos that are currently private, <laughs> those early FPIA uh, sets? What what is different besides you having that control of framing things? How do you see your uh, first four years versus your last four years?
1: Um, I guess I didn't hadn't really found my voice yet, mm. and that takes a while for comics. Or sometimes they they find it real quick, like uh, like Lando Shepard. Oh yeah, he's, he, <laughs> he's like a quick rising star, and he's like he's, he already knows what he's going to joke about and everything. Um, but for some of us, it kind of takes a while, and you're like, what do I write jokes about? What am I telling people? What am I? What am I? What stories do I have to tell? And it took a while for that to happen because I eventually learned that I want to, like, um, I don't want to just be like, oh, you, have you seen this around there? And this is weird. I want to tell jokes that are, like, about myself and my experiences. So it took a while to learn that. And, if, like, if you were able to look at the uh, private videos, you would just see there's some, like Some of them are funny, but they're just, like, weird and awkward, and they don't fit together. Uh-huh, um so yeah, it, it took a while to find your voice sometimes, uh, but once you get it, you're like your your standard of jokes and everything also goes up because you're like, no, I want them to be like this caliber of, of funny and also you know still fit my personality on stage so that's that's where it gets where you break through, but also you it even becomes harder like to write more jokes because you are setting like a higher standard for yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. So being part of the Austin comedy scene for eight years, you've seen a vast change in the comedy scene. Uh, what are some of your your experiences and observations about how the, the Austin comedy scene has changed? And then we're going to get to talk about your album.
1: Um, when I started, it was maybe like, it was a lot smaller and there was maybe like two clicks or so mm. like the ones that with like the veteran comics that are still like kind of in this like still and then the regular open micers and I fit really well into that group and it was fun and I got to know all these guys and then like through the years as they went by they either moved away or they stopped doing comedy and to where like I was like all my group of friends and people that kind of just started leaving and vanishing and and now there's only like a couple people that I started with that are still doing it Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: so that kind of sucks and then uh, you get like new comics that are coming in and you're like oh you're funny and you're like okay cool and maybe they're cool with you for a little bit at the open mics but then you're just you it took it took a while, like in the middle, like after a few years, to um, I guess I'll say win the respect of even comics that are just like new. I'm like uh, I, I I don't know if I did anything to hurt your feelings <laughs> or upset you. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. And it just took a while to, for like that to get to come back to where I was when I started, when everyone you know knew me and we were all friends and buddies, and it there was a point in the middle where it dipped so
0: Mm.
1: yeah it it, and and now I feel like uh I feel like uh, at at least people know my name and and there's a little bit of respect on that to where like um I can go to an open mic or a show and be like what's up and they're like what's up you know like
0: like
1: some some uh some respect or dignity when when I don't necessarily know everyone but i walk in and i'm like hey how's it going and i'm not going to treat anyone bad i'm not going to be mean to anyone. Uh, i'm just going to go in and we're going to have fun and we're going to do some jokes
0: yeah i i will do a full confession here that it wasn't until about i think three years i must have just been going to all the wrong shows because i've been going to see comedy since you got your start so in about 2012 is when i started going to see comedy Mm -hmm. uh, and i didn't know you were on the radar until about three years ago so i'm like oh you know this new comic and i i went to one of your open mics that was the you know the little talk outdoor taco place and i'm like oh yeah he's great you know he's really friendly and then i'd see you pop up from time to time but i'm I don't think I've gotten to see you perform live very often. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought you were a newcomer. (laughs) But maybe that's that youthful look that you carry off too. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I smile, I drink, and I'm like, hey, everybody, be my friend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the important thing is not that I didn't realize who you were, but it's just everybody around you clearly knew who you were. And that's probably, you know, that's the validation of, okay, you've been working the grind for, uh, let's see, let's do some quick math three years ago at that point. So that, you know, five years you'd been working the mm-hmm. grind. So, you know, I could, I could tell that the, your peers and, and the younger comics, you know, respected you and that to, and from, from the outsider as the, the fan, uh, I definitely felt that when you were announced on the moon tower. Uh, lineup last year that was you know people were like really excited for you um was that your first moon tower
1: uh yes my first festival um
0: first festival wow so um a lot of comics submit to festivals, they get in, they don't get in, whatever it is, but they, you know, they rack up festival credits. Um, Had you made a conscious decision not to submit or you just,
1: okay. I did for the first four years because I don't know why four years was it because uh, maybe it's like uh, like high school or, or, or an education, or like um, secondary school or something like that, where you have to like graduate to, at least for my own self for, to, to where I felt worthy of applying to something and so the first four years I I really didn't tour or I didn't like I, I maybe gone went out of uh, out of town for a little while but I didn't like actively try to tour or mm-hmm. apply for festivals or anything because I was like I'm gonna wait I knew that doing comedy was like a long haul like a long long process where there's going to be several years and it's just going to take a while. So I put that governor on myself uh, that for four years, I wasn't going to apply to anything. Mm-hmm. And then when the four years was up, I, I guess I just forgot to start, <laughs> start to start applying for, I think I applied for a few, like uh-huh. I applied for out of bounds or something. And I was like, yeah, oh, I didn't get it. Oh, you have to spend money <laughs> to <like laughs> apply for this stuff. And Oh man. <laughs> so I, I guess I just forgot after a little while. Yeah. And then um, it started happening like um, the, uh, the summer before, like t- summer 2018, I just kept on doing CAP, the open mic, and every time I did well and I had like a new three or four minutes and I just kept doing well, crushing, I would get up and maybe every three weeks and I guess I got the attention of uh, Samantha, I think that's her name, from, mm-hmm. from Cap City. And uh, I don't know. I just kept on working on stuff. It was going well. I was, I was getting a lot of writing done, and they were, they, were, they were good jokes for a while. And it was uh, last year, around February, that I got asked to do uh, Cap City, to feature for cap city. And I was like, Oh, oh awesome. I've never been on cap before. And then a little while after that, I got the email for moon tower and I was like, even better. Yeah. <laughs> like, <yeah.
0: laughs> for a first festival. I mean, that's, cause that's one that they pick you. You do not submit, yeah. you don't grovel, you don't have your manager put in a good word. Yeah. Uh, you just, they, they are picking you. And uh, I mean, that was, I mean, yeah. How did that feel?
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, it felt great when I got that email. I was like, yeah. Yeah, when can I tell people? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call my mom and dad right now. Mom and yeah. dad, I got a festival. And they're like, we don't care. <laughs> well, it's not that they don't, that they don't care. Yeah. They didn't know that they didn't Moon know. Tower is like a big deal. Yeah, and even still, when I tell people, I'm like, yeah, I was, on, I was on Moon Tower. And they're like, oh, cool. And I'm like, but it's actually a pretty big festival in the yeah. country. um no yeah it was fun uh getting to go like meet all these other comics like uh sean Patton uh is is really funny and i and i got to meet him and hang out with him at like the after hours party uh during the festival that was fun um you know just getting to see like all these comics and you're like you're in the same room with them and they've wrapped up all their shows and everything and they they're just hanging out now and you're like oh this is cool I'm like I'm one of you a little bit not really but I'm one of you.
0: <laughs> for this moment in time I am one of you
1: <laughs> yeah but in reality I only did uh, one show for moon tower no don't, don't
0: I, downplay it
1: I did one and it was at Velve and it was like during the daytime comedy during the day when the sun <laughs> is still out which is which is a little disheartening <laughs> But um, I only did one, and there were other Austin comics on there. But the good thing is, uh, Sean Patton was hosting that one, and he comes up to me and he's like, Hey, how's it going, man? And oh, I good. And he's like, um, Well, Montreal is here. And I was like, What's up? And he goes, oh. Montreal, like just relapse. <laughs> they have reps here. And I was like, I wish you hadn't have told me that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now I got a little bit nervous. Uh huh. Um, and it did it it went okay it was pretty good it wasn't great it wasn't my best set uh i had fun but at least now uh montreal they know my name and they they, they know my face yeah they know some of my jokes uh huh that's pretty cool that is pretty I, cool i i got a i got uh seen by them and i got a festival credit and it was a really fun time
0: yeah so, 2019 was like a gangbusters year for you. Between what? first first featuring at Cap to right. Moon Tower to recording your your first album. Yeah. What was the thought process for you with deciding to record an album?
1: Um, it was my co-host uh, Lee Perrin. Because we, for a while, we were, um, we had our own show at uh, Gotham ATX, uh, a bistro um, on the east side, really close to downtown. It was a lot of fun. We started getting some better and better crowds, and more and more people would come out, and, and it was more of, like, a really good time. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, uh, I've never done, like, a long set before. I think the most I had done was, like, 15 minutes before. What? But yeah, before that. And I was like, uh, this was like, uh, this is about like a year ago uh, from now. Uh, and I was like, well, let me, let me practice. Let me put all my jokes together and I'll do 20 minutes at one of these shows. And then I put them all together. And I was like, I probably have 25 minutes. And I put more and more together. And I was like, let me just do 30. Let me just do a half hour. Why am I pussyfooting around? Let's just do a half hour. So uh, this was like uh, last summer. Like, in the beginning of summer, I just started reworking all my jokes, making them sharper and tighter and, and condensing them, putting them all together. And I picked uh, Labor Day weekend for last year uh, on a Sunday, because our shows were on Sunday. And I was like, okay, let me just, let me aim for that. We don't, I don't know how much of a crowd we're going to get. It might not be that good, because it's a la- like a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. um but it ended up being really good it was packed out like standing room only and uh my my co-host Lee Perrin had just this like uh suggested that I record the audio and maybe if I liked it to put out an album and I was like let's record the audio and let's see how it goes first and it ended up being really good uh a really fun time and uh It took a while for me to listen to the audio for myself, but eventually I did, and I started the process of trying to release the album.
0: So you didn't go into this at all with the vision of, okay, this is my step towards an album. You're just like, yeah, we can, I'll do a longer set. That's how you... (laughs) Yeah.
1: I started with just doing a long set, and then I wanted to do, and then my buddy was like, wanted to record it. And do an album, and I was like, mm, I let that like bounce around my head for a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, I don't hate that idea. And I had already, I had already had the uh, the album title in my head already, baby boy, because it's it's one of my favorite jokes, and mm-hmm. and it's been my closer for like uh, for a good while. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just, yeah let's yeah, let's do this
0: yeah so, so okay we'll we'll go back and talk a little bit about the album because i had a couple thoughts but i do i am curious and I, I don't often have people dissect specific jokes but i am curious when was baby boy the joke born
1: um let's see i guess well since i told it during fpa last year it probably makes it about maybe a year and a half old okay well well, maybe, yeah, about a year and a half. So uh, summer 2018 or so. Okay. I was at the gym. I had worked out and I ran and I was taking a dip in the pool. As the joke goes, I was just like submerged up uh, to my neck, uh, like to the bottom of my chin. And that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to like get cool, cool off and just do my own thing. And this little girl swims up to me. And she's got the floaties on her arms, and she's maybe like uh, like four, maybe uh-huh. five. And she called me a baby boy, like the way the joke goes. And then her mom was just like pulling her back by her leg and like, come on, we're going to go over here. And she's like, <laughs> no, stop. I'm talking to this baby boy. And it just, it was like, at the time, she's a, she's a little kid. I was I get it. Sure. She doesn't know that what she's saying or like. That, that kind of bummed me out a little bit, but I was like, ah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done <laughs> with my soak. I'm going to put my clothes on, and I'm going to go home. Um, but what I've always loved about uh, comedy is that a lot of times that you can take the stuff that kind of hurts or that, that mm. has maybe scarred you in the past, and you turn it upside down and make it into a joke so that it can't hurt you anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what I did with this one uh even though it was kind of silly like a baby boy but um you turned it into a joke so that you're making fun of it instead of it making fun of you and titling my album after that whole thing was also another way of being like this is I'm okay with this I'm okay you know I'm not a big guy I'm not a tall guy I'm okay with my size uh-huh. Uh huh. it's okay for me to joke about it but you know
0: yeah and you, there's a six or seven year old girl out there who has no idea the the inspiration that she has created for yeah you know she yes yeah, she's
1: doing her own thing just having a little pool day Woo, yeah. splashing around and she saw a little baby boy in the water and she wanted to be like hey baby boy why does that baby boy have a beard <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, so uh, that is that's good trivia to know about uh, about the the origin of of baby boy. Is that uh, when you're coming up with jokes, do you uh, do you rely on observations from your real life, or do you just uh, invent scenarios in your in your brain? Which do you lean toward?
1: Um, I kind of mix them. I'll start with uh, maybe a scenario that kind of happened. And then I'll just make up a little bit of backstory and then just let it see where it goes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I lie a lot. I'm I'm a huge (laughs) liar uh, (laughs) on stage. If I'm saying a joke, and you're like, what? It's probably a lie.
0: (laughs) So are are you saying that uh, Denzel Croshington may or may not exist?
1: He does. Okay. He no, yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was true. My roommate has a uh, a fish tank in in our um, dining room, uh-huh. and right now he's got a fish in there and like an eel. But for a while, he had like two crawfish in there, <laughs> and I guess they got out and they crawled like one of them crawled like the twenty feet uh-huh. or so into the hallway and into my room,
0: <laughs> and
1: I guess he went under the door. And that's where he ended. <laughs> he was like, That's all I've got in me. And then oh, so I man. found him like uh face up or like upside down to where he kind of looked weird. Like he looked like the alien like face huggers or whatever. Cause <laughs> I've never seen, you've never seen a crawfish upside down and dead. Yeah. They look weird. They look really weird. <laughs> but I was like, I freaked out cause I was like, What the fuck is that? Yeah and then i was like "Ah, oh, it's my buddy it's my roommate's crawfish and i told him about it and he went and picked him up and he he threw him away or something but yeah that's a real thing that happened and that just made me think like why my room like why did he go into my room maybe it's yeah. the first room possibly but i was like that's messed up man you wanna you wanna die in my room You didn't even ask have
0: asked okay well i i think i could spend you know several hours trying to learn the origin of 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 your jokes but i you know this is not uh i don't know master class this is not we're not that that podcast uh i i do want to go back to a recurring theme in my brain uh which has come up with the uh you getting invited to moon tower and Mm -hmm. then you uh um, what's what's the word that I'm looking for? Like you kind of being dragged along this process of of an album, mm-hmm. and it makes me think. Okay, and this is where being actually face to face, I can judge better than me being over a a video camera because mm-hmm. I'm going to say, do you are you really reluctant to accept your own skills and talent as a comic because Getting picked by Moon tower that's a huge signal that you have talent as a comic. Your co-host and friend and this room full of an audience telling you and validating you that, yes, you, you are a great comic. Let's do an album. I mean, these are all signals that the outside world is giving you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're kind of, okay, I'll go along with the ride.
1: Um... I would say I wouldn't say I'm reluctant to accept it. I I love that um, I've been giving these opportunities, and they're they're a lot of fun. Um, and it took a lot of work. Uh, I just know that there's like more work to be done. Like I can't mm. I can't ever stop and be like, oh, you know, I did this. You know, book me for your shows, fucker. i have almost <laughs> no moon tower. Yeah, Book me. Why haven't you been booking me? It's you have to keep on working. And, <laughs> and after you do the album, like. I, I, you know, I eventually want to put those jokes away and have like a whole new uh, 10 to 15 minutes uh, mm-hmm. pretty soon. It's been a while, like I, I've, uh, I've, it's after the album because I was so focused on fixing those jokes up and making them better and more like as close to perfect as I can. It took a little bit after that to get back into writing new jokes.
0: Yeah, if you were not uh, dead set on this is going to be an album when you did those jokes, you didn't realize perhaps that what a lot of comics do with their albums is that's their retirement party for those jokes.
1: Yeah,
0: and <laughs> you know, as you make that decision to move forward and do the album, you know, actually release the album.
1: Yeah,
0: are you? Do you? Do you feel sadness about retiring the album? The some of those jokes
1: um well i haven't retired them because um i i was going to i tried to and my my (laughs) parent my buddy he was like oh no why why would you retire them just keep on telling them they're good jokes and i was like but they're on the album and he was like i don't know if everyone's seen the album like you can you can still do like a couple of them and if you're at a show or something and then be like oh have this the host be like he's got an album on spotify or itunes it's called baby boy and then just point them that way and if they like my jokes um that i told that night they might go listen to it or something like that but yeah i after for for a little bit i was getting ready to um to put those jokes away mm-hmm. and i, I they're was a point where i was like oh man they're good though i love i love telling them i love when people laugh at them um
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh so so they will they will probably be put to the side um unless they have a really good show like a one that i'm really excited about Yeah. yeah why not why not tell your best jokes
0: yeah yeah but if you're a prolific writer then you're also making making new stuff that's
1: I'm trying <laughs> <It's
0: hard. laughs> well uh, and in this environment I mean this is kind of an opportunity that to ask a question about how are you adapting to this you know quarantine environment uh, that I'll probably not get I mean I'm hopeful that I don't have to do this type of podcast interview for very long but since we're in the moment you know how are you as a comic adapting to this strange new world
1: um so I'm still I'm still working a lot. Uh, I, I my job still is asking a lot of me to work remotely. Mm. So uh, this is where I'm working from. Uh, so there's not a lot of time during the day, and there's not uh, there's not open mics to like go to and like test that material to see if it's good or not. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I'm just really just watching like a lot of TV and sleeping a lot and drinking a lot of whiskey um this is kind of I kind of wanted this a little bit like this was almost like a dream for me like just to be like not go to work to be able to wake up whenever I want to Uh drink as much as I want to and now it's a reality I'm like I don't know if I like this after all oh this this might suck oh no I want to go see my friends yeah um but uh, it's 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 got its good points and its bad points. I'm watching a bunch of TV. I have written a couple of jokes, not that many. And we're going to see how they go. But yeah, I, I think uh, depending on how long this lasts, uh, probably will want to be writing a lot more. It's, it's probably going to come to me in like a wave mm-hmm. of like, oh, I want to write a joke about this and about this and about this and about this. That's usually how it comes to me
0: yeah yeah and I, I would imagine for somebody that uses observation and, and situations that they're in yeah. if you're restricted <laughs> in the observations that you can make to you know your four walls <laughs> that's that's quite a challenge
1: there's no yeah there's no experiences to mm-hmm. to write jokes about and yeah. And when you when you when we are able to come back, everyone is going to have their own quarantine jokes. And yeah. You're like, oh man, <laughs> the last five comics at this open mic did quarantine jokes, and now I can't do my quarantine joke.
0: Yeah, but you you have eight years of experience under your belt, so you know <laughs> yours are going to be better.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> I was thinking about this for a little bit, like uh, this morning. I was like, when we are able to come back, I don't know. It could be, I think maybe two things. Uh, it's either gonna be like no one in the audience because they're still scared, so it's gonna take a long time to like get audiences back, mm-hmm. or they're gonna be just so gun ho about comedy that they're gonna come in and it's they're gonna be like rock hard for comedy, <laughs> and like. They're going to be laughing. They're going to be too good. Maybe they're too good of an audience. They're going to be laughing at your setups and we're like, yes, we love this. Tell me the rest of the joke. And you're like, Just shut up so I can tell the joke. Yeah. And they're going to be like, tell it now. Or they're going to, they're going to be like that call and response thing where like, oh, I was so lonely during uh, quarantine. How lonely were you? <laughs> Let me tell the joke. All right. The Let me tell clean. the way I want it to tell <laughs> So it could be, it could be a couple of different things. I think yeah. it's the, those two are like are polar opposites, but uh it could be in the middle where people are just like, yeah, I guess we'll go out back and, and, and watch some comedy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Knows? I mean, c- certainly the audience, I mean, I know that I miss, I miss going to see live comedy and I think, um, uh, from what i have seen about you know how people are adapting to the online format i know for sure that the comics miss being able to hang out in the back of the bar and catch up and shoot the shit. i know for sure that's one element that you know the comedy community is really missing right now
1: yeah i miss i miss a lot of my friends not getting to see them
0: yeah yeah and it's when you realize you know even though uh as a culture, we're very, you know, texting savvy and in and, and digital messaging savvy. Yeah. there we realize in this format that that's just not enough. Right, we need to we need to see each other, and you know, uh, get wistful about the old days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're in completely new, uncharted territory. Like yeah. literally, there's never been. Uh this something of this caliber and even going back all the way to like uh Carlin and and prior, there's there's never a time where they had to like, you know, stop doing it. Yeah. Everyone all together at the same time because of some because of anything. They're like, Oh maybe maybe a guy just like had to stop for a little bit because he his drinking was getting out of control. But you know, everyone all at the same time Right, and uh-huh. everyone has to stay home. <laughs> this is this is nuts. Uh
0: uh-huh. <laughs> Yep, it certainly is. Um, well, is there? Okay, so uh, the album came out in January, mm-hmm. and now that people are stuck at home, they can listen to it. Yes. <laughs> uh, tell us uh, where where people can listen to it.
1: Um, anywhere, any all the big platforms, um, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon, uh, what's the other one? Google Play. All those.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can buy it or you can stream it. I'd prefer if you bought it because I think I'm just <laughs> getting people that are streaming it, and oh. I'm like, thanks. I got uh, I got two cents from that. <laughs> Appreciate you. Appreciate you, bud.
0: <laughs> yes, buy it. Support comedy. <laughs> and and
1: uh before this, um I was I was supposed to have uh like an audition sort of show at Austin Eastsiders um because they need a new host for their Friday shows. So it was going to be on April seventeenth that Lee Perrin and I would have had a show, but I think it's not gonna hang not gonna happen or they're yeah. gonna push it back so um if you're listening to this or watching this um stay tuned because when this all goes back to normal uh i might have an opportunity to have a show at austin eastsiders and um that would be really great because it's close to my uh house it's on the east side i love east side shows because i grew up on the east side i'm born and raised here i love the east side and uh, and it's great brewery or a uh, Cider House collaboratory
0: thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the, this is the the new incarnation of whatever uh, Cider House rules. Yeah. Had. I mean, I'm not saying that Congrats, whatever yeah. you are trying to do is, is going to be like that, but that's the spot that they held for Yeah. a few years.
1: Congrats to Ron Letzler for getting a, a job at Queer Eye on Queer yeah. e right and leaving that show and so uh, providing another opportunity for another comic or another other comics to have a fun show there Mm -hmm. it might be it might be us Lee Perrin and I or it might be someone else but yeah hopefully there's another good show there on Fridays for people to go to yeah
0: is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to talk about um, no, I think, uh, I think
1: Well, you were talking about the, uh, the barber joke where I have sexy elbows yeah. <laughs> and that joke was originally like the middle chunk of it was completely different
0: huh.
1: or it was, it started about like, um, I think the joke before, like I made it that one was like, who would you let put their dick on your elbow like and I was like who am I who would I let put their dick on my elbow like the president's maybe not this president but if another president (laughs) was like I needed to save the country and you go for it or something like that the joke was completely different and then I think I just woke up one day and I was like that joke's not working I like the premise Let's just gut it and get everything out and start anew with a new premise. Oh. And I found that I was like, "What is it? Uh, did I go through uh, seconds, minutes, or emotions?" And I was like, "Let's run with that. Let's go with that." So the way uh, the way I said my my joke writing is sometimes formulaic or like mm-hmm. an equation. It was me just throwing out the equation and being like, "Okay, starting over." We have where we want to end. We have where we want to start. Let's let's start fresh. And, let's, and it, it ended up being a really good opener, like one of my favorite openers.
0: Yeah, it's a really strong way to get started. You know, some people will warm into a set. And for anybody listening outside of Austin, funniest person in Austin is this annual ritual of performing these six minute sets you're competing against your your other comics and you you hope for the golden prize at Mm -hmm. the end and some people will just you know it's a slow burn to a climax but i mean to me i thought wow you just kind of hit us with something super strong from the Mm -hmm. get-go and you're you have a very um warm and inviting uh presence on stage so it's like you hit us hard with that and we just like okay we'll go for the ride <laughs> take us take us anywhere yeah
1: you gotta grab them real early on and then yeah you're like okay we're gonna go with you yeah um, that was a fun night um uh I remember that was the most uh confident that I've been with mm-hmm. in that contest like get, after getting on stage I was like that was really fun and I feel confident Uh, in my performance and I didn't get uh, I didn't advance um, but it was still a good video I think that I got Mm -hmm. out of it and um, my good friend Ashley Overton was on that same night (laughs) and I remember she had such a great performance she had such a great set that I was just like it. Well, I was <laughs> like, maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get the top, top two, top three, or top four or something. I'm not going to get, she's got the top spot right there, uh-huh. but there's two more spots up <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a fun night.
0: Well, cool. Well, we are going to uh, start winding down. Okay. We did it. We did it. <laughs> okay. I'd like to close with a final question. And that is, one word to describe your future.
1: Um, what's another one for uncertain, but like hopeful? Uh, we'll just, we'll say, we'll say fruitful.
0: Ooh, this pen is very loud. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fruitful
1: yeah hopefully hopefully fruitful
0: yeah Uh, okay well that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Louis Flandes this is going to be really weird because I'm going to say Louis tell me where we can find you on social media and let us know about upcoming shows (laughs) (laughs) or anything you want to (laughs) promote
1: Um, what do I want to promote? Uh, no, just the album, I feel like, and uh, as soon as this, all this blows over, um, you'll probably see my events uh, on social media somehow, somewhere. Uh, I want to be going hard at it, and hopefully I'll have uh, a good new uh, five to ten minutes of material, and we'll see how it goes. And yeah, we, we, we don't know what's gonna happen. So yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just play it by ear, all right? Yeah.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. We hope you've enjoyed learning about how Lewis got to be the comedic genius that you heard today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham presents Louis Flandes. I'm Valerie and that's been funny. Thank you, Lewis. Bye.